Hello, I'm your host, Michaela Marshall, and this is Welcome to the Hellmouth. Hi, I'm your host, David Lindley. This is the Buffy podcast by a Scooby and a newbie. Hellmouth? Hellmouth. I kind of liked being a Slayerette. I know I made a fuss <laughs> last time, but I kind of liked yeah. it. <laughs> you can go back to that if you want. Okay. Well, anyways, uh, this is episode four, Teacher's Pet, original air date, March 24th, 1997. Everyone's favorite episode. And this is when this happens. So what you're saying is... (laughs) Podcast juice. (laughs) Podcast juice. Now, is that this episode specific? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I understand. That is very specific to Teacher's Pet. I have somewhat of a history with this episode, (laughs) that being... That I don't care for it very much. (laughs) But you did remember about it, sort of. Oh, it stuck in my memory for the reason that we all know. Like, it just doesn't go anywhere in a way that I guess is very common for first season episodes. But for some reason, I really fixated on this one and really dislike it. Like, I mean, yeah, arguably the same amount of stuff happened in this episode as in the previous episode. I was shocked at how similar they are. Like, something about this episode is just so much worse. (laughs) Very much so. I think it's the B-plot that in this episode is just, if I can call Claw Guy the (laughs) B-plot, it's bizarre and it doesn't really flow with anything. I didn't even remember about Claw Guy. Okay, no. Barely We're really getting ahead of ourselves. (laughs) (sighs) So Teacher's Pet is an episode with a theme, like (laughs) many of the first season episodes are. Yeah. Last episode, I don't think we actually called it out. But I did. The... I think I did. Okay, the theme is parents living through their children. Yeah, and like just the theme of mother-daughter relationships in general. Right. Right. This episode has a theme that is just about pubescent boy sexuality, I guess, and how sex can be scary. It was about her literally being a predator. Yep. She's a predator, and like, not just because praying mantises are predators because she was also a sexual predator right so a lot of this episode has very blatant sexual themes and that's fine we start off with a cold open oh the worst cold open yet by far yeah oh boy it's very clear that it's a dream sequence but buffy's getting beaten up by a vampire she's in a very attractive red dress yeah and her hair is oddly bouncy i don't know her hair was just mm-hmm. weird and damselly or something <laughs> xander shows up to save her from the vampire that's attacking her <sighs> yeah kills the vampire and then goes on to finish his song before we assume kissing her like she's never been kissed before his guitar solo nonetheless yeah i really was hoping that xander would be portrayed in a better light soon nope was <laughs> <laughs> a pipe dream <laughs> it's so wrong And it's kind of like, it's like he learned nothing in the previous episode, you know? Nothing! He literally learned nothing. Nothing! Like, why did we put him through that if he was going to literally learn nothing? I didn't even think about that. Yeah, he, nothing got through to him at all. (sighs) So, yeah, he was dreaming in class, and Buffy wakes him up because he's sleeping through biology. And he's drooling. Of course. Biology teacher talking about ants. I wrote down for Shanto Wing, but... <laughs> that is a stretch and a half. Holy... <laughs> what? 
That's terrible. I put a question mark after it because I wasn't sure how good it was. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it's sort of foreshadowing or foreshadowing so in that this episode is about bugs or a bug. Yeah, and so the uh, the biology teacher asks Buffy a question. She doesn't know the answer, and then he asks to talk to her after class. Mm-hmm. Uh, but instead of giving her the beatdown, he tells her some nice things about how he knows mm-hmm. that she can do better if she applies herself. And as we will soon learn, once an authority figure thinks that Buffy is A-OK, like other than Giles, they're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I could see that happening. Because, yeah, immediately after Buffy leaves, this guy gets dragged off screen by a mantis arm. Like, an in- giant insecty arm. It's a big old arm. Oh, yeah. It's a big old arm that they got a fair bit of use out of for this episode. I did I did note that when Buffy was talking about burning the, uh, the gym down at the old school, she didn't mention vampires at all. No, I was so impressed. <laughs> I totally expected her to slip up and use the V word again. Uh, but no, she she's all good. So she learned something, I guess. For now. For we'll now. see how this goes later. Yeah. In this episode, she's fine, though. So yeah. good job, her. Good, good for her. After that, so that's the cold open done. And then we get to the bronze, the coolest place in town, with the shiniest shirted band you've ever fucking seen. They're called Superfine, in case you wondered. I have no interest in hearing any more of their music. I'm going to keep looking this shit up, though. People deserve to know. Good. It's bad music, though. Yeah, I definitely wasn't listening to it. Xander is trying to fit in and be cool. He nods to the band leader, and the band leader's like, Who the fuck are you? Which is understandable. Didn't it kind of look like he was hitting on the band leader? Like, <laughs> it was it was like a little bit of like a saucy nod, you know? Given the rest of this episode's themes, I wouldn't be surprised. I did not get that impression from watching and it. And then the band leader looked really weirded out. Which, I guess he should have been either way. But even yeah. more so if a teenager was hitting on him. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you can read this scene however you want. We're also introduced to Blaine, who is the worst side character. I really dislike him. And why couldn't we just have Jesse forever? Uh, but we can't. That's so sad. Jesse's dead. Mm. <laughs> I still don't like that. <laughs> Blaine is talking about all of his sexual conquests. Oh, about uh, scoring? Oh, yeah. Yep, so all good. All teenaged boys have many sexual conquests. They score often. Frequently. Yeah ask Xander mm-hmm. about his conquests and Xander chokes out a reply about what this week or just today oh, and you're like ew I hate everything yeah. about this yeah and so Xander feels that they're shitting all over his manliness right and sees Buffy and Willow coming and then of course goes and pretends that they're both his bitches like I don't even know what that was <laughs> they're both his women yeah <laughs> I mean, in this context, I feel like bitches is actually what he was going for. Yeah. He says duty calls and then goes to see them. Super gross. It's all gross. gross. (laughs) I mean, Willow is so into it. (laughs) She just clings on to Xander immediately. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, go along with it. And she's like, oh, wait, what? This isn't just normal? Oh, oh, we're doing an act thing. Uh, Even better. I can get more on him. (laughs) Yeah. God, she's so cute. She's so cute. What's he doing? Xander's an idiot. A lot of my problems with the Xander-Buffy relationship are just that Buffy is constantly entirely disinterested. 
So Xander goes up and puts an arm around her and she's stiff like she's standing as far away from him as possible and wants to know why he's grabbing her. But sort of through the entire episode, he never gets the feeling like, hey, maybe this is a relationship that I should drop. Like she she literally has the opposite reaction that Willow does. Yep. And Xander picks up on none of this at all. Neither of them. No, yeah. no. He's 100% oblivious, which again, he's 16 so maybe he's that stupid. I don't know. I was never a 16-year-old boy. What are your thoughts? This seems about accurate, yeah. <laughs> okay, so there you go. It's not It's not unreasonable. Creepier than sure. you should be allowed. Like, 16 does not excuse this sort of thing. But for not picking up what other people are putting down, mm -hmm. maybe it's just because I'm a techie. <laughs> maybe, maybe. So Angel shows up looking... Oh, God. He's looking good, let's be honest. <laughs> he is looking pretty good. <laughs> He has just a terrible scene with Buffy. So Buffy sees him Ugh. and goes over to talk to him. <laughs> and he says to her, you're cold, as she's <laughs> chewing him out for, you know, being a cryptic motherfucker. Yeah. And she is like, oh, you know, I'm, I, I guess I'm unfriendly. And then he just says, no, you look cold, takes his jacket off and puts it on her like a creepy leather jacket. Oh, it's real creepy. And then he has like a giant scratch on his arm. And she's Before like, we talk too much about that, <laughs> I want to get into our first segment. Oh, good. This is much requested, and it's a segment called Angel's Angle. Police Constable Nicholas Angel. Morning, Angle. Morning, Angle. Morning, Morning Angle. <laughs> good, right? Um, okay, so this segment... Then you can summarize it. That's what I do on this show here. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm gonna go with this segment being about... The angle that he's taking to get at something in a conversation. Wow, that's a stretch. That's You're not fucking... not really close. <laughs> it's more just about Angel and how he's being creepy slash cryptic slash flirty. Is he trying to get with Buffy? Is he trying to help Buffy? Is he trying to hinder her? It doesn't matter what his goal is. He's not doing a great job. So definitely at this point... The key is that we're not supposed to know the answer to that question. Yeah. And so he is doing that well, but I agree that it's frustrating and stupid. Because he has some goal, and he's not seeming to further any of them, except for possibly hitting on Buffy, who kind is of. way underage for him. Yeah, totally. Like, whether or not he's 200. Yeah. If he's 30, she's yep. still way too young. Xander is really jealous when Angel oh, shows yeah. up. He comments loudly about how handsome he is and how <laughs> Buffy never mentioned that. Now, when you're talking about Xander flirting with the band leader, <laughs> this is when it all turned around for me. And I was like, is he, does, is he interested in Angel? And then the rest of the episode seems to say that, no, that's not the case. He's jealous. But he's making a big deal about how attractive Angel is. And how ripped he is, yeah. Willow has said nothing about this. No. So he's just like, Damn, that's a good-looking guy. Why did she never say he was good-looking? Trying to keep him all for herself, probably. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, that is kind of the vibe that you're getting from him in this scene. That's a, Xander's that's all a over the place, okay? He's yeah. all over the place. He'll take whatever he can get. He's a 16-year-old guy. Uh, yeah, I guess so. That checks out. 
But yeah, Angel's been attacked by something. It's a, it's a big, guy. big arm scratch. So, like, yep. did he give the jacket away so that Buffy would see the scratch? He's wearing a tank top under it. Right, and he, he sort of acts like, oh, right, I forgot about that. I'm too, I'm too <laughs> cool for giant arm scratches to bother me. He's also maintaining the cryptic thing. He says, like, he's coming for you. Don't let him surprise you. Is he talking about Claw Guy here? Yes. Or is he's not talking about the master? He doesn't care about that? I think he's that? only ever talking about Claw Guy in this episode. I think so, too. Because he basically is there to make a big deal about Claw Guy. So that it... I don't know if they were trying to, like, mislead us to think that that's what the bad guy of the episode was going to be. This is always the problem, though, because they have so little time to work with, they're trying to do too much, so you know it's going to be a bug. You've seen this thing take away... Yeah, that's like, true. We Dr. Did, Gregory, the science man. did already see that. Okay, I've got nothing. I don't know it's what all bizarre. it's all about. So Buffy is given this jacket that, frankly, does not look good on her. It looks terrible. I mean, It looks terrible Obviously, on her. it's way too big because she's a tiny, tiny person. Right. But yeah, no, it just... it's. She looks like a child in it. But as with anything Angel has given her, she is going to wear it forever. <laughs> forever. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. So That's yeah. That's how this works. Uh, so Angel leaves. They then need to find out about Fork Guy. So they go ask Giles because he knows everything. Right. Yeah. So Buffy's talking to him outside of Sunnydale High. <laughs> and we get to see Xander uh. in this episode. I... Uh, last episode, I was like, maybe we won't have that many fun fashion things to talk about in this show. <laughs> like, that was pretty normal fashion for the most part. Yeah. This episode takes a entirely reverse on that. <laughs> We've got the shiny shirts on the band, and they're like shiny silver oh, yeah. on all of the band members. Xander shows up wearing what I think is a velvet polo shirt. Yeah, I wrote down, is he wearing a couch? <laughs> because it looked pretty couchy to me. Who the fuck would wear? Th- it's short. When has that ever been a thing? It has a collar. It's a polo shirt just made of like velour. Yeah, it's real the- gross. Xander, what the hell? Where did you even get that? I don't know. Is this the time when Buffy's wearing that weird like plaid bag dress? I just noticed that she's wearing Angel's. Oh, jacket okay. still because yeah. she never takes it off for the rest of the episode it's true it's true but yeah so xander shows up wearing this absurd shirt it's ridiculous he, he says he was late because he got distracted by some short skirts on the cheerleaders yep, yep. of course what a surprise still talking to buffy the girl that he is so jealous of talking to a single other man yeah but i mean maybe he's trying to make her jealous by constantly sexualizing all of the other women <laughs> around them if he wants to do that, he's doing a great job in this scene because here we see <laughs> Miss French. Oh boy. She is the substitute uh, science teacher after Dr. Gregory had some mysterious injury and has now vanished, as Xander says. No one knows where he is, so they no. better bring somebody else in. Yeah. Send Xander, um, like, I think he literally drools. Yeah. He says, hubbada, hubbada, hubbada. <laughs> There's ridiculous music playing as she's walking up. Like, I don't know what it was. Weird, like, kind of jungle-esque music. Oh, it was, it was very, I was uncomfortable. So she's an older woman. She's very well proportioned, as Giles would say. 
<laughs> in a conventional, attractive sort of way. Honestly, it's funny because this whole episode, everything Xander said made me want to puke. And then Giles <laughs> would say something so adorable. Giles is so good oh in this God. episode. <laughs> I just Fuck. thought he was so adorable. <laughs> so the new teacher is really hot. Yep. Uh, Xander can't actually get a sentence together while she's talking to him. And then Blaine comes in, <laughs> like, hitting on this, what, 30, 35-year-old yep, woman? something like that. Well, Xander can't remember where the science room is because she's too yeah. hot for him to remember the layout of the school he goes to every day. Yeah, huh. And Blaine <laughs> comes up and brags about how he won the All-State Track Tournament. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's great. Good job, Blaine. You're definitely not my least favorite character ever. He makes me want to vomit. <laughs> so Xander loses his chance to show the hot substitute to the room. But it, they still have class with her, so yep. they they start their science class, and for some reason, she's like, you know what's cool, kids? Praying mantises. <laughs> I'm going to teach you everything about them, because I think you might need to know it later. They're majestic and amazing. They're noble cannibals, I think, right. is basically the, the message that she yep. was sending out. Yep. And she gets, like, weirdly offended when anyone says they're gross. Yep. All of the she, guys are so into her. Like, every guy. So very guy. into her. She wants to have a fun arts and crafts thing by making egg sacks. Models of mantis egg sacks yep. for the classroom. And who would like to help her do this? All of the guys in the class. Yeah. Uh, they've also found um, the glasses from the science teacher on the floor. Oh, yes. And Buffy finds this to be... Very suspicious, which is reasonable. Like, yeah. the glasses, I think they're broken. One of the lenses is broken. From the minute they heard that uh, the science teacher was missing, Buffy was like, oh, this is actually really bad. Yeah, because she be knows. very concerned. She's like, yep. hey, whenever someone goes missing, usually they turn up dead. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Miss French is clearly a praying mantis, <laughs> teaching them about praying mantises. Uses the <sighs> word, like mating oh. and reproduction a lot and she's talking about how the female is larger and more aggressive oh, oh yeah blaine really likes aggressive all, females oh so <laughs> gross so blaine's sitting next to buffy in science class and every gross lecherous thought that he has he feels like he should share with her yep yeah uh blaine you <laughs> fuckwit oh my god so then it's lunchtime. Cordelia's wearing a ridiculous dress. I loved her dress. It's swirly Black and... Black and white. What the fuck? It's it's also like, if, you know, she was 27 in the show, you might be like, okay, sure, wear that dress. But mm, <laughs> no, she's 16. Yep. And she needs some sort of special food for her special mm -hmm. diet. So she right. goes to the special freezer. And what does she find? Dr. Gregory's headless corpse. Dun, dun, dun. And you know it's Dr. Gregory because... because <laughs> oh, his lab coat conveniently tells you that it is. It's monogrammed. He has made a monogrammed lab coat for himself. Uh, I love the idea of a science, like a high school science teacher with a monogrammed lab coat. I mean, it, was, it turned out to be really useful. So, yep. yeah. Is Dr. Gregory the same guy that was in the last episode doing science? I don't... No. It was definitely an older white dude, but... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's as far about, as I remember as yeah, well. Yeah, that's all I remember. We could look it up. I don't care enough. <laughs> yeah, so we go to the library as 
everyone who has seen this, which is the Scoobies and Cordelia. Mm-hmm. All the Scoobies are being sort of counseled by Giles because they've just seen a horif- horrifying corpse with no head. Buffy's like really torn up about it. I think this is the saddest I've seen her get about someone's death. Because Dr. Gregory did not think she was a felon. Yeah, which I mean, yeah, so she's going to be kind of upset about that. It makes sense. Yeah, I could believe it. <laughs> she's the only one who gets water. Giles is like, drink this. And I'm like, what a Willow and right? Sandra just saw the same thing. Willow is sitting their water? right beside Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> but she's fine. She's a trooper. <laughs> I don't know how water uh, helps. That's something you give to shock people. I guess, yeah. So Giles brings out a clipping of a homeless guy who has been slashed in whatever park, thinking maybe things are related, but homeless guy wasn't in his head. The headless guy wasn't slashed to ribbons. Seems like a different M.O. Oh my gosh, the two monsters that we know about. Oh, I wonder if there are two of them. And Buffy goes on patrol for the first time. She tells Giles that she's not going to go to the park. She would never. And then she immediately goes to the park. Well, yeah, that's where all the clues are. I mean, and this park is just lousy with homeless people. Like, (laughs) not to be, you know... But within being in the park for five seconds, she almost runs into some drunk man. And then there's another man like sleeping under a bench. Yep. She's got a really sweet leopard print scrunchie in her hair in this scene. (laughs) Oh, it was great. And then I was pretty unclear as to how she found the claw-handed vampire. I think it's just gotta be that she has vampire senses. That seems to be the case. Because she's just like, oh, this tree. There's foliage piled up around it. I'll clear that away. And oh, look, there's Claw Guy. Claw Guy apparently offended the master some time ago and cut off his hand in penance and replaced it with a fork. It's sort of, it's sort of like Wolverine-ish. Yeah. But like, just instead of a hand. Right. And so they fight. Um, and then the police show Are up for some right reason. There. I think the first homeless guy that she bumped into might have been an undercover cop. Oh, maybe. Because I think it was oh, him that showed up that in silhouette, out. being like, oh, "That makes a lot of sense." <laughs> check everything out here, right? So then they, of course, ruin everything and scare him away. Yeah, and then he's getting away, and Buffy's chasing him, but she's not fast enough. He gets over the fence because, as we know, fences are useless in this universe. Absolutely, goes to attack a defenseless woman. Yeah, turns around. It's Miss French, and uh, the vampire is frightened by miss french he incredibly freaked out he is like oh shit i don't want to mess with that and he runs away now the only issue i have with all of this is that so buffy can also hop fences we've seen her do it a couple she of did times. it to get into this park exactly i mean why does this park have a fence it doesn't matter yeah but she's kind of like just standing there on the other side of the fence and if miss <laughs> french hadn't been a praying mantis Right. She would have been slashed to ribbons. <laughs> yeah, would Buffy have just watched she it just get slashed up? She just would have watched it happen. Like, she didn't have time to stop it. Nope. She just was going to watch it happen. That was her plan. Sometimes you can't be the hero. And so the vampire <laughs> scurries off and scurries into the sewers. <laughs> oh man, watching him scurry into the sewers <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> Takes off the manhole cover and is like looking around before just diving down this thing. Oh, that's so good. He's just so scared. <laughs> suspiciously scared right so we're back with giles who's chastising buffy for you know going out when she specifically said that she wouldn't and they very quickly cotton on to the fact that yep miss french is probably some sort of horrible thing like again they have to get this done 
before the 20 minute mark apparently because yeah they're they're just like yep it was clearly something's up with her yep oh i wonder if she's a praying mantis oh that's crazy why do you think that they haven't, oh, you know, they haven't quite made it there yet <laughs> no not quite but very soon and with very little extra information buffy is wearing a white crop top she's showing a lot of stomach off and oh, she's yeah, also school. wearing like a white bra under it which is very <laughs> obvious I feel so good right now because I did not notice that. I and was I'm like, like, what is one she up on doing? Sandra. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's the bar. Uh, uh, yeah. And so they, they they talk about this. Buffy leaves and the flutester stops her in the <laughs> hallway. <laughs> I love Flutie in this scene. We've only This is the second time we've seen him. Yeah. He's so good. He's great. <laughs> He's talking about how everyone who saw the body has to go to counseling not to say various things like don't say dead decapitated (laughs) any d words in general (laughs) he's so much fun he's saying that if she never ever needs a hug well of course he can't hug her (laughs) the school is very very strict on inappropriate touching but it's good (laughs) you know this is a school where bad things happen a lot and they're they're kind of trying to make sure that the students don't all get really traumatized by it right yeah, Cordelia is talking to the psychoanalyst already and saying how much weight she's lost because of the horrible thing that she saw. Oh, that whole Cordelia and scene was magic. It was great. I don't really know why it was there other than just flavor. She had some huge hair clips in too. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> yes, she did. And then she was she made some comparison to like even a used Mercedes has leather seats. <laughs> yeah, because you have to see the silver right, lining. Right, that's the silver lining. It was just a scene to be like, Cordelia's insensitive and rich. <laughs> <laughs> right. And yeah, that's literally how the, the scene ends, by saying that you have to look on the bright side, because even used Mercedes still have leather seats. Right. And then it just transitions to the pop quiz in biology oh. with Miss French, who gets real up close to Xander, gives him an answer for the pop quiz, and then talks about how she's going to see him later tonight. And inappropriately touches his shoulder. Yep. Blaine has already gone to see her. He needed to carb up, apparently, oh, for his one-on-one with real Miss gross. French. He, I have no idea what the purpose of that is. He even. needs that energy <laughs> for, for stamina. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, that's how that fucking works. <laughs> He's a teenager. He doesn't know. Yeah, and as we will see in this episode, he really doesn't Yeah, he really doesn't. But yeah, no, so, like, I understand that the rest of the kids were doing the pop quiz, but Uh they still have eyes and ears, and, like, surely they saw what was going on between Miss French and Xander. Surely Willow is not pleased. And so then Buffy, oh no, because of the counseling, she's late for the pop quiz... And for some goddamn reason, we come to the next segment in our show. This is a much requested segment called uh-huh. You Spin My Head Right Round. Right, because instead of turning her body like a human to look at the door, Miss uh-huh. French decides that it would be most efficient to do a 180 head turn to to look at Buffy. Because I, at this point, uh, I just think she wants to be caught. I don't know how much the mic can pick up the drinking sounds, but... <laughs> I think I heard it. <laughs> holy God. Yeah, because she can't be a normal-ass human, I guess, and really does want to be caught, so exorcists her head around to look at Buffy, who's peeping through the door. I... What the... 
fuck. Because then literally Buffy is like, gee, I wonder if there are any bugs that can do this. Oh, look, praying mantises can. Right. She actually says praying mantises are the only thing that can do this. And I'm like, owls? What if she's a giant owl? Oh, that would be a pretty good twist. Yeah. I I would not have seen that coming. No, because she was talking about praying mantises. Yeah. And so then, then Xander shows up to help make the egg sacks. Right. God. Uh, <laughs> Miss French is preparing a snack. Yeah, she's for putting herself. some butter on some to- some bread. On some bread, totally, yeah, as you do totally in reasonable. the science room. And then she has a container labeled food that she is about to <laughs> open when Xander enters the room. He is talking about how he's there to help make the egg sacks. Sees a fine example already on her desk and is like, "Oh wow." <laughs> Those were real. They would be as as big as you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, was that really what he was gonna say? I can. What else would he be saying? I I don't know anything. <laughs> Those would be <laughs> like freaky. I, there are so many things he could have been saying. Yeah, but she just wants to reiterate that human-sized mantises are a reasonable thing to expect. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we're really quickly coming to another one. Oh, good. But the classic segment of Sunny Side Up is what we've just hit. She's got a little hard-boiled egg going there. Oh, it's so cute. She sometimes takes a little pack of mayonnaise and she'll squirt it in her mouth. And then she'll take an egg and kind of... <laughs> she calls it a egg. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh-huh. And Michaela, I'll let you take this one. I mean, it sounds like it's about eggs. Good. <laughs> yep. Um, who I... I don't even have a guess. (laughs) It's when we talk about all of the instances in this show in which, for some reason, there are egg sacs in the school, which I'm sure happens a lot. Right. (laughs) Necessitating a segment that we've done many (laughs) times before. Of course. Why the fuck are they in the school? What? We see them later and they're in her lair. Like, why did she bring them to the school? I. She just wants them to be everywhere I what th- honestly she just really seems like she wants to get caught like that's, she wants to be caught that's for sure all i can i can think yeah that's part of the game for her i don't really know has to reschedule with, with xander she's saying for, she that she forgot the the supplies for paper mache right. and paint at home because yeah. god knows they won't have those at the school yeah so we uh we have to reschedule that until Later tonight at her place. And Xander almost faints when <laughs> when she says that they're gonna reschedule for her place. Yep. He's very pumped. It's gross. Yeah. She's over twice his age. But he leaves super happy about this, and then we get some solid foley work on the sandwich. She finishes making her snack by opening up the food container, and it's just got crickets in it. Yeah. <laughs> Which she dumps into the sandwich, folds over, and then eats it with some great crunches. It's a really good crunching noise. Mm. I mean, again, having something labeled food that contains crickets seems like you want to get caught. Having something labeled food? Yeah. Like, I want to label things like that now, <laughs> but my coworkers would certainly be like, Who the- what food? <laughs> Are you an alien yeah. or a giant praying mantis? <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two options. And they've got it nailed down to praying mantis. What did she even need the bread for? I have no idea. Like, and if she's, 
a praying mantis who is human size. How many crickets? How many crickets does she eat? Right? <laughs> that amount of crickets was not going to be enough to sustain her. That's not a snack. That's nothing. No. Yeah, she needs a lot of crickets to keep going. I... Oh, her breakfast cereal must be just Hundo P crickets. Hundo P crickets. Yeah. <laughs> Our next scene is something that I've titled Mrs. Cleavage's House. <laughs> no, no. No, first uh, first we go back to the library. Okay. Because where we find out that Blaine is missing? Yeah, so Buffy, this is where Buffy solves the <laughs> puzzle of the century. Right. Yeah. The <laughs> what is Miss French puzzle. Uh, she basically is like, oh, she's a giant praying mantis. Giles and Willow are kind of like, that seems silly. <laughs> and then... And she's like, three factoids. <laughs> Oh, she knows all about the factoids. Uh, can turn its head around yep. is one of them. Marks. I, the marks on the body, they like look up the coroner's oh, yeah. report or something. They look like uh, praying mantis endables. Factoid three. The only thing that fits this is a praying mantis. And Giles says the most British thing he has said yet. Tell me. When he talks about his chum at Oxford named Carlisle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so good but yeah apparently giles knows some guy who had been studying this thing years before and is now in an insane asylum giles gets some really great lines in this episode and even the scene before this i i remember thinking he was being particularly british i don't know why they were pushing it so hard and so buffy's (laughs) pretty sure yeah buffy's pretty sure that miss french is a giant praying mantis so she's like gee i better warn xander about this <laughs> yes <laughs> do you recall what he says when she tries to warn him she's jealous of him she wouldn't understand <laughs> why an older woman b- would be attracted to someone like him there's just this animal thing that happens between them an attraction she's like yo xander she's a giant insect and he's like as if and I mean, at some point, Buffy makes the very reasonable statement that, you know, she is an older woman. What's wrong with her that she would <laughs> yes. have to date high school boys or be after high school boys or whatever? And uh, yeah. Xander even manages to make the situation about Angel a little bit. Oh, yeah. He kind of turns it around her and is like, well, what about Angel? And you're like, that's not the same thing. It kind no. of is, but it's not. <laughs> no. What kind of a girly name is Angel anyway? Like, what the... Dude, you got problems. Yeah, and now... Now it's our... Everyone's favorite... Favorite scene. (laughs) Mrs. Cleavage's house. Jesus Christ. So, like, that dress is ridiculous. It's so ridiculous, and I love that they start the scene with... (laughs) Miss French pouring martinis (laughs) bent over. So you just go up to the cleavage and then eventually get to her face. Which, Xander enters the house... And the exact same reaction. He is so gross. He's staring at her chest and he's just like, no, that's the most beautiful chest. I mean, dress dress I've ever seen. And he full on stares directly at her chest. He's looking at nothing else. The entire time he's entering the house. Yeah. Like he doesn't pretend. He just straight up is gawking at her. Uh, Michaela, that's what all the ladies like. I mean, she seems pretty into it, so I guess you're not wrong. (laughs) He has a martini. She's talking about how, (laughs) since he's never been with a woman, she is more attracted to him. uh, Eventually getting him to acknowledge that, yes, he has never been with a woman. And then... Big surprise! She drugged the martini. 
Right. So he passes out and she's a giant mantis. Yeah, no, but first, once he's like kind of loopy, but before he passes out, he's like, I love Buffy. And you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> what? That's what, what you're going to say? jackass. Like, oh. Uh, yeah, Xander's uh, absolutely the worst. He comes off so poorly in this episode. When he wakes up in that cage in the basement, you're kind of like, you deserve this. Absolutely. You Like, I don't also, even care if anyone fucking saves you. Miss French has been shopping at some serious specialty shops <laughs> right? to get a double human-sized cage in her basement. I mean, where did she get it? I guess I guess men don't ask questions because she's pheromoning all over them. <laughs> now, so Blaine's there. He's, yep. he's still okay, but he saw some other guy get murdered. Right. We don't know who. And so... I mean, yeah, Blaine's the worst, but... Blaine's terrible. In this scene, this was the first time that somebody in this show has given the appropriate level of panic for the situation they're in, I think. That is very true. Like, he's legitimately very scared. He thinks they're going to die, and he doesn't want to die. Yeah, especially after being mated with by a horrible giant praying mantis. Yeah, I don't understand that whole process. Like... No, how does she... There are different parts. Then she mates with you, and you're like, but how? Right? She's already ejected the eggs. And, like, in order for her to mate with them, wouldn't they have to be a little bit into it? Yeah, Isn't that how it works? Yeah, I mean, you'd have difficulty with that, for sure. She's a giant mantis. I feel like that's kind of a mood killer. That doesn't doesn't do it for me. (laughs) Maybe that's why she needs... Virgins. (laughs) (laughs) Virgins. <laughs> <laughs> she can only prey on the pure. Yep. Uh, no. So yeah, Xander is freaking out minimally. Blaine's freaking out the appropriate amount. Mm-hmm. And the the rest of the Scoobies have figured out that yeah, Xander did not show up at home. Was going over to a teacher's house, and they need to rescue his ass because yep, he's gonna get eaten by a giant praying mantis. And Willow is against this. So presumably. Xander went home, told his mm-hmm. mom he was going to go to a teacher's house after school. And his mm-hmm. mom was like, cool. Yeah, that sounds good. Doesn't that not sound good? <laughs> doesn't that sound like the kind of thing that doesn't happen and is really creepy and incredibly inappropriate? And his mom should have been like, wait, what? This was 1997 when you could take a gun to school and your principal would just be like, hey, that's a cool gun. You want to go shoot bottle caps out back? Now it's, you know, it's a different time. You're right. You're right. I don't, I don't know what it was like in 1997 because I was like seven. Right. No, this, this is seriously, (laughs) that would never happen. You couldn't tell your teacher, your parent, I'm going over to my teacher's house and they'd be fine with that. Nope. Uh, Buffy gets some exposition here mm -hmm. because she's been doing all the mantis research. (laughs) Giles doesn't have to tell them about mantises. Buffy gets to. Thank God. Yeah, Thank she God. needs she needs bat sonar because it shuts down mantis their, nervous their systems. Nervous system. Does am I correct in the fact that I heard her tell Giles to record bat sonar from the vid library? Yep. What does that mean? <laughs> There's a video library and he needs audio from it, I guess. Like that was I was like video. Maybe there's videos of bats. I don't know. I'm far more concerned about how you get hypersonic waves 
recorded onto and then played back from a Walkman. It is a tape. And oh god, it's a good, <laughs> good tape system with two sides, which will become very important to the plot. Like, can we just think about how it could have been put in on the wrong side? There is no way. There's Giles literally hands, no way. Hands her the Walkman with the recording on it, and then she plays it back. Unless she took it out and swapped the side. Which would just be incredibly stupid, right? Right. Anyways, so they hack into the sub database and find out where Miss French lives. And they're and, like, oh, wow, wait, she's 90 she's years 90 old. Years old? Yeah. Shit, she's well preserved. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Like, obviously, she would have to take on new identities every now and again. That makes sense. Right. They go to her house. <laughs> I really love the scene because it's an old lady. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, we're, we're looking for Miss French. She's adorable. Oh, I'm Miss French. <laughs> she's so oh good. Oh, my God. She's the best old lady. Ah. She was great. And she's just so earnest. Oh, yeah. It's a good scene. We're, no, the, the biology substitute. Oh, yes, that's me. <laughs> yeah, so they're now they're panicking because they're like, shit, we have no idea where she lives. Yeah. And then I and think we go back to Xander trying to get away. Probably. He, he like, somehow gets a bar out of the cage. Yeah, yanks a bar off of the cage. And then he whacks the her with bar. it, tries to run up the stairs, and she just puts one of her mantis arms <laughs> and trips him. So we're going to see some, like, competent demons in this show at some point. Oh, yeah. This thing's terrible. <laughs> it can't reliably get a human out of a cage. <laughs> it's weak to any type of physical damage. Yeah. Like, he smacks it. He smacks Miss French with a bar, and she just goes reeling. If there hadn't been a way for her to trip him on the stairs... He'd be gone. He'd be completely escaped. He just What the fuck? And he just leaves Blaine. He's like, fuck you, buddy. Yeah. Oh, and the way to oh. uh, the way to kill this creature, as far as Giles can find out, it's just a, a sharp blade. Cut it up into some pieces. Like what the That's what not... the fuck is this? <laughs> what sort of immortal bullshit is this? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's problematic to say the least. <sighs> so yeah, they don't know where where Miss French actually lives, but they think it's around the area. And then we come back to our B plot as. Uh, Buffy's like, wait a minute, that thing was really terrified of Miss French. I'll go find it. So she goes and in like five seconds, finds and ties up Claw Guy. Like, this was a pretty wacky plan. Yeah. It really feels like there were a lot of ways for it to fail. And that, you know, it should have taken her considerably longer to find the guy. It's a very bad plan. But luckily for Xander, she finds him immediately. And then... So, okay... When he was trying to attack Miss French on the sidewalk, he got like a foot away from her and then got scared. Right. And now he's too scared to even go near her house. Yeah, he is like a sonar fucking thing. He can detect her from, I don't know, tens of meters away. So they locate the house and then he struggles free because they use rope to tie up a claw hand. So he cuts it because, Yeah. yeah. Very unexcitingly, Buffy stakes him. With a cute little white picket fence. Okay, so Angel warned her that he was coming for her and, like, got scratched by this guy and didn't win. Angel really built up how badass this guy was going to be, and he was a major disappointment. Given what we know later happens with Angel, does this make any sense? Absolutely not. Angel is a good fighter. There's no reason this guy should have beaten Angel, claw hand or no. Not at all. Neither of them should have... Well, Clawhand should not have gotten away from him. No. And the fact 
that he got away from Buffy the first time doesn't make a lot of sense. No. I mean, I get that the police were there, but like, I clearly he's pretty easy to kill. I don't know. So yeah, he served his purpose (laughs) and now he's dead. We don't see him get dusted. There have been two vampire stakings in this episode, although one of them was Xander's dream. But in neither case do we see actual dusting happening because shit's expensive. They had to spend the money on that sweet, sweet mantis. <sighs> I've seen people praise the mantis mantis effects in this. Really? And I cannot fathom why that would be. I mean, uh, all of the mantis scenes are very dark, which... Incredibly dark. Which helps a lot, but... God. So so Xander is, is in the basement. Now he's been tied up by the mantis. Uh-huh. And she makes some weird comment like, oh, give me a kiss. And, yeah, kiss like, me. It's very horrific. Why does she want to kiss the people that she's mating with? I don't understand the biology of what's happening. There's a lot of mechanics here that I don't (laughs) want to think about, but also were clearly not thought about in any way. Maybe they were just like, no one was going to want to think about this, so we don't have to think about it either. Yeah, good. Because I don't want to think about it for sure. So as the mantis is doing whatever, well, she starts laying eggs, I guess. Yeah. And then she's going to do question mark to Xander. Uh, <laughs> Gross. B- B- <laughs> Buffy smashes the window uh-huh. and uh, runs in to save the day. Yep. She's got, she's got bug some spray. raid. Yeah. Yeah. She's got a machete. Uh, so raids the mantis in the face. Giles unhooks Xander and... Then Buffy's like, ha, you didn't expect me to have this, and starts playing a clip of Giles talking about how alphabetical ordering is not enough. Extremely important to file, not simply alphabetically. Giles! And yeah, it's great, like, library stuff that Giles has recorded at some point. But it it makes no sense how it isn't just the bat sonar. And I mean, like, instead of them playing the bat sonar, they have to play it 30 seconds later, which didn't really seem like nothing happens in that time. It's just a joke. About tapes, I guess. Yeah. That doesn't follow at all. No. So yeah, they they play the bat sonar, Mantis Lady nervous system shuts down, and they chop her into pieces. And Blaine and Xander are saved. And then Willow adorably, (laughs) oh god, she just was so adorable when she said... It's so unfair that the mantis only went after virgins. <laughs> <laughs> like, why even bring it up, Willow? Because, why? like, it, it seemed to me like she honestly thought it was a good thing. Yeah, that, that right. They were virgins. Like, she thought it was sweet. Yeah. And it, it didn't occur to her that they might be horrified. <laughs> <laughs> and Blaine's like, what? What are you talking about? That's not the case. Giles is like, no, that's, yeah, that's her MO. She only goes after the pure. <laughs> My dad's a lawyer, and if anyone says anything about this, you'll be hearing from us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, by oh, the way, Blaine. our body count you is at it. six now, because Dr. Gregory died, and right. Mantis and killed one person that we know yes. of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then Xander takes the machete and, and chops up the eggs right. with his guitar Asserting music his playing. manliness, oh, I guess? Fuck Xander. Yeah, this is really like... I, we're supposed to think that he's moved on in some way or grown, but he hasn't. I hope he learned some lessons. I bet he didn't. I bet he did not. We wrap it up at the bronze. Oh, yeah. Sort of. Sort of. We have a scene at the bronze uh, <laughs> where Angie's there again. Thank goodness. We all missed you. 
And Buffy's like, yo, you can have your jacket back. And he lies to her by saying that it looks better on her. It does not. Yeah, no, I wrote down, does the jacket look better on her? (laughs) Absolutely (laughs) not. Absolutely not. And like, honestly, what was the point of that scene for him to be like, oh, good. You killed the claw guy. Keep my jacket. Look how charming my smile is. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's just that Angel is an attractive person. And they wanted him in this episode more. Yeah. Well, and then as he's walking away, Buffy is sort of like, oh, no, because... Right. She's developing feelings for him. Right. A crush on Mr. Cryptic. Because who doesn't want that in their life, right? God. Well, he's (laughs) given her so many things to wear. That's true. Her wardrobe would be nothing without him. Oh, yeah. It's a really weird scene. But not anywhere near as weird as the scene we get next, which is their new biology teacher, who we assume is not a demon of any kind. He's also an older white man, as yeah, all I science teachers are. I can't tell any of these are. people apart. <laughs> he probably also has embroidered uh, lab coats. Yep, probably. Wait he, a second. So was yeah. Dr. Gregory like a PhD teaching at a high school? I had that in my high school. Really? We had one, yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. It can happen. That sounds depressing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, high school sciences, you know, it is what Um, it is. Not going to argue with that. After spending years researching your field and advancing, hopefully, the state of research, you go to teach a bunch of jackass kids. Like, like, Uh, I don't even think I could teach at a high school. No. No. Yeah, so the new guy, okay, so he's talking about their term paper. Mm-hmm. And he's going, he's droning on about it's six pages, no more, no less. And then he says that a third of their grade is going to come from this paper. Six pages are going to determine one <laughs> third of their grade. Is that normal? Is that a normal high school thing? Not for high school at all, no. That's in, that's an insane amount. Anything worth 10% or over is... A third. Yeah, a third. Six pages. Uh, anyway, the, the class ends. <laughs> Buffy picks up the sad glasses that she had put on the table and have not been moved, dumps them into Dr. Gregory's old lab coat, which I guess is still there on the back of the door. Yeah. And leaves the room, and we get the perfect ending to this episode, (laughs) which is the shot of a bunch of overlooked mantis eggs on the bottom of a desk or something, and one of them begins to hatch. That is definitely never going to come up again. (laughs) God, I hate it so much. Oh, I can't express it. Like, it's a strange choice, you know? Because I sort of get that that is kind of a horror trope. But when you do that in a horror movie, you're doing it because you're like, possible sequel! Yeah. And and in this context, they're like, we only have 12 episodes this season. We can't possibly waste another one on more Mantis bullshit. Nope. So it's why? an idea for a future season. But why is it hatching? Why not just show them there? Oh, no. Did she bring fertilized eggs into the school? What? Overall, this is by far the worst episode so far this season. I hate this episode. Yeah, no. This was a terrible episode. Potentially not the worst one this season. Although That terrifies me. I would argue that it is the worst one. But I would also argue that there are worse episodes to come. I don't remember any of those. But I can only imagine that they're going to be horrific. Yeah, they're they're going to be pretty rough. There were some saving graces about this. The old lady was amazing. Giles, Giles had was some really it. good stuff. Absolutely. And anything that Willow touches. Uh, I mean, even even Willow didn't have that much to do. 
No, Willow had very little to do in this episode, which is possibly a reason I dislike it so much. <laughs> and yeah, it really felt like they were just kind of pushing, oh, look at this angel guy. He's going to be important, maybe. Just because he's attractive, they needed a, a sexy man. I don't know. Right. I don't know at all. So I said that I wanted to talk about whether I would renew this show for a second season. We didn't do it last episode. We didn't do it last episode. After this one, <laughs> this is like good, bad television. There's something about almost every scene that I can pick up that I dislike and dislike enough to think about. It's just not good in any way. Yeah, I can't. But this one does stick with you. Whereas the last one was just very so flat that you can't you can hardly remember anything about it. That's very true. So I don't even know what's worse, you know? Yeah. Anyway, this is a, a show that is in trouble from my perspective. <laughs> oh I no. I cannot condone it. After this, you're just like, I don't think we should keep that shit on the air. No. Oh, and I guess we need to do a quick little thing of uh the next episode title. Yeah. So the next episode is Never Kill a Boy on the First Date, and hmm. there's a character introduced named Owen. Okay. Uh, <laughs> who Buffy is interested in. Oh. Yes. That doesn't sound familiar. Okay. Well, <laughs> if, you, if you don't remember that, then you're not going to remember anything else. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> does, does Owen come back ever? I don't think I can tell you that. Oh, that'd be spoilers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I remember, oh, Warren. Warren's his name, right? That's... The nerd from later season? Yep. There is a nerd named Warren. Okay, so no, Owen does nothing. Okay, well, it has to be better than this episode, but... I I think it's going to continue to be fairly episodic. Oh, yeah. And that yeah, scares me. For sure. And, uh, I mean, don't expect any any standouts. No. This no. This, ep- this next episode is, yeah, it's not, not going to be great. <laughs> Oh, well. Our bar and, our bar for bad is pretty bad now, though, so pretty low. Our bar for bad is certainly set by this episode. <laughs> yeah. And we'll see where other things compare to it. Absolutely. All right. Well, until that travesty happens, I've been David Lindley. And I've been Michaela Marshall. You can reach out to us on Gmail, uh, bienvenue.hellmouth at gmail.com. Or, if you can't spell that and really, really don't want to use a good email address, there's also... Welcome.hellmouth.podcast at gmail.com. God, I hope no one uses that. <laughs> I would hate it so much if you used. Absolutely. Never contact us over that. Uh, if you don't like email, we can also be reached on WhatsApp. I am <laughs> at WhatsApp. Oh. Michaela. I'm at that's what. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and remember to hashtag, hashtag those. Welcome to the Hellmouth. Yeah, no, that's really important. Like, don't even contact us if you're not going to use the hashtag. you got to use the hashtag yeah. or else we won't see it. That's Absolutely. the only way we see these comments. Yeah, especially okay. on something like WhatsApp. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so for us here at Welcome to the Hellmouth, farewell from, from the, the Hellmouth. Hellmouth. Hell no. Hell no.